Made with Opinion, the world's first easy to use podcasting app. Seeing a photo of myself from my tween years used to make me cringe. When I saw a photo from that stage of my life, I would inwardly groan over my crooked teeth, extremely pale skin, and my way too skinny frame. There was always something to be unhappy about when it came to the way I looked. When I look back on journal entries written from this time in my life, about fifth through ninth grade, my heart breaks for my little tween teen self. I truly felt bereft of hope that I would ever be considered pretty, that any boy would want to date me. I felt that although I had plenty of friends, I would never be truly happy with myself until someone came along and validated my appearance. Now, at age 36, it seems rather pathetic to admit it, but I can still feel those feelings as readily as if they were yesterday at times. And just the other day, I was out with some girlfriends who happened to be super stylish and drop-dead gorgeous, and the conversation turned to boob jobs and tummy tucks and all sorts of things people wanted to fix about themselves. It occurred to me that even as adults, we ladies seem to struggle with what the world thinks of us, and we remain continually bombarded by messages that tell us that we're not good enough, pretty enough, or whatever enough. Well, I, for one, am over it. We don't have to live that way, my friend. There will be thoughts that come and go, sure, but I firmly believe that we can love ourselves well just as we are. If you're willing to put in the work, I'm 100% sure you can love yourself so well the rest of the world will be jealous and no boob job required. So let's start at the very beginning. Let's go back to where it all began when you first started believing that maybe you aren't enough just as you are. When you first started feeling self-conscious, when you had your first thoughts of longing to be someone else. Your first assignment, should you choose to accept it, is to make a grid full of photos from a time in your life when you felt not so great about yourself for whatever reason. This could pertain to your looks, but it doesn't have to. Just gather six to nine photos from a time or times in your life when you found it difficult to love yourself. You can do this in your Instagram drafts or you can do it with printed photos or however else you feel most comfortable. This is just for you, so you don't actually have to share it in your feed unless you want to. Next, I want you to caption those photos. Write what you would have been thinking or feeling about yourself if you would have actually posted that photo to Instagram on the day it was taken. And then I want you to spend some time journaling about how this activity has made you feel. If you're willing to be brutally honest with yourself, you can easily see how your struggle to love yourself negatively affects you, your loved ones, and your life in general. But how would growing in self-love actually benefit you? In order to make a firm commitment to the work of loving yourself, and it will require work because nothing good comes cheap, you'll learn You'll need to learn just what's in it for you and everyone else in your life. So I want you to take some time to do a cost-benefit analysis of your self-love journey. I actually made an entire printable about this that you can find in issue five of my self-care bestie, and you can find that in my Etsy shop if you are looking for that. Otherwise, you can just kind of do a pros-cons list, and you'll be understanding a little bit more about how to grow, how growing in self-love will benefit you, how not growing in self-love will benefit you, if at all, how growing in self-love will cost you, and how not growing in self-love will cost you as well. Theodore Roosevelt said that comparison is the thief of joy, and I, for one, couldn't agree more. 
especially in this day and age of perfectly curated Instagram grids, and again, that's why we made our own perfectly imperfect grid earlier, and a filter for every situation, it's growing increasingly difficult to figure out what's real and what's not about other people's lives. Why does this matter? Because that joy thief is running rampant, threatening to steal away every bit of self-love we can muster as we mindlessly scroll through what appears to be other people's perfect lives. It's time for a reality check, my dear. And I want you to take some time to keep track of people that you often compare yourself to and in what situations. Write down any evidence you can remember that shows you that this person is not actually perfect and therefore not worth comparing yourself to. One of my favorite interventions to do with clients in getting them to reframe their perceived areas of weakness as strengths. For example, if they tell me they're a people pleaser, I ask them to consider what positive qualities this must mean they also have. People pleasers are generally compassionate and helpful. Those are amazing strengths. Okay, so now it's your turn. Write down some things you often berate yourself for and then reframe them into strengths. Once you discover there is benefit to your shortcomings, they will lose their power over you. All right, if you need extra help with this, I do have some more worksheets for you in the issue five of my self-care bestie as well. Now, most of us find it difficult to acknowledge the good in ourselves. We are so trained to look for our flaws and fixate on them that our shortcomings soon can become the only thing that we see. Whether your struggle is to love your body, your personality, or both, we must commit to shifting our focus to our best qualities. You might be thinking, easier said than done. And you're right. That's why we're going to start with compliments other people give us. Instead of brushing them off in disbelief, we're going to start keeping a record of them and even add to them. Take some time this week to record the compliments that you receive and Put in some additional evidence that the statements are true as well. You can journal about this, or again, if you wanted to look at the um, issue five of my self-care bestie, this worksheet is included in that. All right, so chances are you're a great friend to your besties. You likely provide loving support and encouragement to them as needed, cheer them up when they're feeling down, and are generally kind to them. But why then do so many of us struggle to treat ourselves the very same way? Sometimes in order to think differently, we must do differently. This is actually a major tenet of cognitive behavioral therapy. There's an activity that I want you to do where I want you to start getting some insight into how you can treat yourself with love even if you don't feel like it. Because the truth is you probably won't feel like it until you start to actually do it. If you don't believe me, that's okay. Just simply agree to try this as an experiment and you will be amazed at the difference that it makes in your life. So think about what you do when your best friend feels sad or the nice things that you often do for your best friend or ways that you support them. Think of words that you use to encourage your best friend and maybe when they're feeling insecure, what do you do? Write these down and then do them for yourself when you're feeling the same way. All right, now that you have some tangible ways to respond to yourself compassionately, it's also important to note that we often encourage our friends to engage in self-care. We listen empathetically when our loved ones complain about feeling overworked or overwhelmed. We may even offer to take something off their plate so they can get a break. Of all the ways to treat yourself as you would a close friend, encourage yourself to practice regular self-care. It's very important. If you're saying yes to things because you feel like you have to, or if you're thinking, who else will do this if I don't? Please set a healthy boundary for the sake of protecting your you time. 
Many of my clients wait until they're completely burned out and on the verge of breakdown before they're finally willing to listen to their bodies and slow down. I think most of them are waiting for someone to give them permission to make time for themselves. I think they're waiting for someone to validate that voice inside of them that's crying out for a nap or a girl's day or a quiet hour to read. Please don't let yourself get to that point because you feel too guilty to take care of yourself. If you're waiting for a professional to give you permission, this is it. Go love yourself, my friend. All right, we're just about finishing up with this episode and I want to end with just a couple of closing thoughts. I wish that I could tell you upon your listening to this podcast that you will no longer have self-love struggles ever again. The truth is you can and will grow in self-love if you, A, are willing to acknowledge it's an ongoing, read, lifelong process, and B, can accept that at certain times it will be easier to love yourself than others. I can think of no better way to end this episode than to tell you a few things that are true about you. You are beautiful. You are unique. You are a gift to this world. You are lovable. You are a treasure. I want you to choose one of those statements above and write it down and put your name in it. I, whatever your name is, am, and then one of those statements that I just shared with you. I hope that you believe it, my friend. If you need additional encouragement and support on this journey, you know where to find me. Please don't hesitate to reach out at my email address, C-B-E-A-R-S-E, counseling, all one word, at gmail.com, or you can find me on Instagram, self underscore care underscore bestie. I'm on my ongoing journey towards self-love too. That little buck-toothed grinning girl is still a part of who I am, and I must say she's growing on me. I hope your inner kid is growing on you too. I'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks for listening.